0: Erica and I both agree that marriage is one of the hardest but most rewarding relationships that you can have in this life. Today, we are sharing our love stories, how we met our husbands, and giving you guys some advice that we've learned along the way. Erica and Nate have been married for almost nine years now. Colin and I have been married for almost two years, but together for 10. And we've learned a thing or two about how to foster these relationships and what works for both of us. This episode is packed full of tips, advice, what we've learned over the years, funny stories, and so much goodness, all about marriage. You guys are going to love this one. You're listening to Indie Wine Chats, where every week we are inspiring the dreamers, doers, and fempreneurs. We're your hosts, Steph and Erica, two Indianapolis natives with roots in the fashion and beauty industry. Each week, we work to empower women with big dreams who are balancing motherhood, entrepreneurship, marriage, and so much more, which is where the wine comes in. We've got our favorite vino, and it's
1: time to tune in for this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Indie Wine Chats. We are going to be talking about our hubbies today which we are so excited about. You've heard us mention them on here before. Obviously, they are rock stars. They support us and we would be lost without them. And so we are so thankful for our marriages. So we thought we would just kind of talk about how we met our hubbies and kind of um, the role that they play in our lives and how essential that is and just kind of give you the lowdown on married life, I guess. So we're we are really excited to do this. We've kind of talked about doing this for a while. And so we were like, all right, I think it's time. Let's do it. So here we are. One of these days, maybe
0: we'll get them on here with us for Bourbon and Babbles. I know.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's another goal of ours. We always say, say that they're going to come on here and have their own segment called Bourbon and Babbles because both of our hubbies like bourbon. So <laughs> we're like, we'll drink the wine. You guys can drink the bourbon and you guys can shout. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can ever get them to actually come on here and do that. So, yeah. Oh, goodness. Well Erica, why don't you start
0: first by telling us how you and Nate met I feel like sharing our like stories that way will be a good way to kick this episode off
1: okay yeah that sounds great So Nate and I met actually and um, we were going to the same church at the time and we were both a part of like a college ministry that they had and so we had met each other the first time there and like I thought he was so cute but you know like we didn't we had chatted like a couple of times, but you know, nothing crazy, just kind of like a friendly interaction. And um, a few months went by and the people that were leading the group, they were a married couple and they were reaching out to me saying that they wanted to set Nate and I up on a double date with them. And I had never really like necessarily really been set up. So I was like, I don't know you guys, like I think you guys are forcing him to do this. Like, does he even really want to go on a date with me? Like, I don't know. We'll just be awkward. And you we were like, no, no, no. Like, you know, he's interested. He wants to do it. Like, let's all just go out for dinner and like a movie or something. So I was like, okay, like, let's, let's do it. So we all went out to dinner and we went to a movie and it was so awkward. Like you guys really, really awkward. And I like, he was a perfect gentleman, but like, the three of them had known each other for quite a while, and I was kind of a newbie. And if you guys know me as well, like I am kind of introverted and shy at first, so I'm not just going to throw myself in and you know start a conversation. So I kind of felt a little bit like an outsider, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. He is never going to want to call me or have anything to do with me again. Like this was like a pity date, is what I kept thinking. So they dropped me off at my apartment and left. And so I, I just like, I had texted Nate at the time. I'm just, just like, you know, thanks for dinner. Cause he was sweet. He paid for everything. And so I'm like, thank you so much for paying, you know, you know, I had a good time. And then he immediately texted me back and was like, yeah, I kind of feel like that was awkward. And I'd actually like to take you on a date, like by ourselves. And so I was like, Oh, Okay. He like, he, he actually wants to take me on a date. So anyway, that was a couple days later and there was a whole long story that went along with that. I dropped my phone in the toilet that morning. So my phone wasn't working. I was trying to call him from my work phone. It was like this whole mess, like trying to get a hold of him so that we could go to Cheesecake Factory. So anyway, that was in, um, the very, very end of January, beginning of February. And then we were engaged in November and then we were married in May. So all within about a year and a half start to finish. And here we are. Now we've been together for 10 years. We've been married for eight and a half years. It'll be nine years this upcoming May and four babies later. And here we are, you guys, it's so crazy. We always laugh and like joke that we're like, if we looked back at like our actual first date, you would have never thought that we actually ended up married, let alone married with, with kids. So um, so that was, that was fun. And then Nate also, which I, we give him a hard time about, he always said that he did not want to even start looking for a wife until I think he was 27. He didn't want to get married until he was 30. And then he didn't even want to have any of his own kids. He only wanted to adopt. And so, I'm like, hey, honey, like how, how's that life plan work out for you? Because we were married when you were 23, and you are 30, and you have four children now. So it's kind of funny how, how life works. You think that you've got big plans, and then, you know, life throws a curveball at you, and here we are. So that is kind of how we met, and um, a little funny story about how, how Nate's life thought it was going to go. So, Erica, the story about <laughs> dropping your phone in the toilet,
0: literally, that is just, <laughs> I can't. I'm dying. That's so you, though. Oh, my gosh. Really picture all of this was, happening in my
1: head. It was so funny because it was a Sunday. So I used to work. I used to go to church in the morning, and then I worked every Sunday until 6 o'clock, and then we were going to go out on Sunday night. Well, you know, I didn't have his number memorized. And so that morning, I was getting ready for church, and I knocked my phone off into the toilet. And so I panicked. So i get it out, like reading all the stuff. they like, put it in rice. So I'm putting my, bag of, or my phone into a bag of rice. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, how am I going to text? Because I told him I was texting when I was done with work so he could come pick me up. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't have his number. How am I going to text him? So anyway, I finally, in this crazy, weird way, got his number, called him from work, left him a voicemail, and then he eventually called me back. But it was really funny. I'm like, you has got to be joking me. Like. And then my phone still didn't work. So I like, called him when I left work. I get to, after our date, he drops me off and he leaves. And then my phone didn't work and I wanted to like text him and tell him that like I had a good night and then I'm like, oh my gosh. So I like threw my phone against the wall and then it worked and it was fine. And I was able to text him. So anyway, we always <laughs> just joke that it was really funny that I started off our, our uh, day by like, dropping my phone in the toilet. So anyway, it was oh, funny. God. Oh God. Yeah. So how did, so tell us about how you and Colin met.
0: So we met in seventh grade, actually, which is so funny to think about where we were at that time in our lives versus where we are now. So we met in seventh right. grade, but we were both, you know, like dating other people at the time because that's what you do in middle school It's date other people. And like, that's just how it goes, right? So we... Um, went to a movie in seventh grade as like a group of friends. And then Colin and I didn't really connect again until our sophomore year of high school. And we had a mutual friend that lived down the street from Colin. And I ra- literally like ran into Colin in the hallway one day after this class called Star. It was this period in the middle of our days where it was like a 30 minute kind of break. And we all, it was kind of like homeroom, I guess, is the idea of it. Okay, um, yeah. It, we ran into each other. Our classrooms were close to each other. So we ran into each other. It's our sophomore year of high school. And I texted our mutual friend and was like, I kind of like Colin's kind of cute. Like that might be, you know, an option or something, whatever. So she <laughs> texted Colin and gave him my number. And then he texted me and was like, you know, whatever. I don't even remember what he said. But. So that was January of 2009 and he started taking me home from school and we went ice skating with our mutual friend and her boyfriend at the time. And then on February 3rd, 2009, Colin asked me to be his girlfriend, but we were driving home. He was taking me home from school. I was 15 at the time, mind you, did not have a license. So Colin was like one of the oldest people in our grade. So he had his license, had been taking me home, was taking me home. It had just snowed. And there was so much snow on the ground that like when it was starting to melt, it was kind of starting to flood the cornfields (laughs) by our house. Oh my gosh. He was like, hey, you know, maybe we should make this official. And I was like, wow, the snow is going to melt and flood everything. Like was not like, you know, those like awkward moments of like strangeness in life where you're not really sure what to say (laughs) or how to act, especially when you're
1: 15. I was just saying, especially when you're
0: 15. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, he asked me to be his girlfriend, and we did. And then we broke up once in like that fall for, you know, ridiculous high school drama reasons and got back together a week later. And we've been together ever since. So, we've lived through me going abroad for three months, coming home and saying I would never go abroad again. Uh, then left the next summer for two months to live in intern in New York City. <laughs> so and, and we went to different colleges. So the first like really half of our relationship was spent long distance, which I think for us. Made made us like just super independent people and we're independent anyway Regardless of if we would have had that time or not, but we had our own experiences We got to make our own friends and then we still figured out how to trust each other in a way that made sense and just live our own lives and Still make our relationship work. So once we graduated college in 2015, he graduated from purdue and me from butler um We got engaged Two months later, and got married in August of 2016. So it's just, so, it's so funny to look back at that time in our lives of where we were and think. I mean, I remember like, being in his room and dreaming about what our life would look like someday in the future when we were home on college breaks and like our junior year of college, when we finally were like, okay, I think this is like, going to be real. Like, I think we're going to be together for a while. <laughs> um, and just dreaming about what our house would look like and our lives and all of these things. And it's just so funny to see how life actually plays out for you. You know, we plan and God
1: laughs. Yep. Right? So. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> And yet, and here we are, like, knowing that his plans are, you know, always better than what we had in mind. So, yes. yes.
0: So people always, well, not always ask me, but people ask me frequently how we make things work in our marriage and, like, what works best for us and what tips we have um, and so forth. So I think let's share about that because I think, Erica, you and Nate yeah. did such a great job of, like putting your marriage first and making sure that you take time for each other. So I think if you were to give somebody your best marriage advice, whether they were newlyweds or, you know, recently married or a couple years in, what would that look like?
1: Oh, shoot. Um, I think there's, I don't know. There's, there's quite a few things, but I think one of the things that both of us have learned the longer we've been married is that we are both imperfect people that are doing every aspect of our lives together. And sometimes that can be beautiful and perfect. And sometimes that can bring out the ugly um, because you're with someone all the time. So you see that person's strengths, you see their weaknesses, you see them at their most vulnerable, you see them um, at their best and when they need to be celebrated and when they needed to be lifted up. And so you, you literally see, all the good, all the bad. And I know that when you give vows, you always say that you're going to be committed to that. But, you know, it's, I think it's sometimes that can be taken so lightly on, on a wedding day. But, you know, once you get married and life throws things at you, I think you have to really know that, like, you're dealing with, you know, another imperfect person just like yourself. And I think if you expect that other person to fully give you everything that you think you need, you're going to be disappointed. And and I, I don't care how perfect of a marriage you have. I don't care how amazing your spouse is because May is an absolutely incredible husband and father, but he cannot give me every single thing that I need to be fulfilled. And that's something that we both have had to realize that like, listen, we're both imperfect. And so we're not always going to be on hundred percent of the time. We're not always going to be able to give each other everything that we think we need. And so for us, Keeping Christ at the center of our marriage has been what has honestly, you know, helped us through whatever those things are, whether they're good things, whether they're bad things. But realizing that like my, um, you know, my my joy and things have to come from keeping Christ the center and not, um, you know, and not expecting Nate to be everything that I, I needed to be. And I know that that's probably going to be very controversial and people may not agree with me and that's okay. But, um, that, that is, that is really the center of our marriage. And then the second thing would be, um, that we put our marriage before our kids. And I think a lot of parents can wrap up their whole world in, their kiddos and, and giving them everything and all the things. And listen, like we love our kiddos to the moon and back. And we are so thankful and so grateful for each and every one of them. Um, But at the end of the day, like they're going to grow up. They're going to leave. They're going to start their own families and have their own kids in their own lives. And if Nate and I haven't fostered our marriage in a healthy way, um, when our kids are young, then by the time they're gone and we're old and we haven't done anything and we haven't put that first, like, what do we have? And I want to be able to have a marriage with Nate when our kids are gone and out of the house that is still spicy, that we still want to flirt with each other. We still want to date each other. We want to take trips together. I don't want to ever get to that point where you're old and you don't even want to be in the same room anymore because you feel like you've grown apart because you've literally poured everything into your children. And so I think sometimes in our culture and in our world that a lot of times parents will just pour everything into their kids and then they kind of forget to, um, take care of their marriage. So for us, it's always been very important. And we are so, so incredibly blessed to have family that will watch our kids. If we want to take a trip, the two of us, or we want to have a date night. So that was something very early on, even before we had kids that we said, You know, we're going to try to take, even if it's a quick one-hour date night, at least once a week. And then every couple months, we want to take like a weekend trip. And then maybe once a year, we take one trip just for ourselves. And so for us, that time to reconnect and kind of pull away from the everyday routine and work and whatever is really important for us to kind of pull it back in and focus and really just kind of pour into our marriage. So I would say those couple things have been something that Nate and I really strive hard to do. And I think has made a difference in our marriage. And again, like we're not perfect. Our marriage is not perfect. It never will be. Um, but it's, it's one of the things that I think has um, allowed us to, you know, be where we are now and be able to have a good marriage and be able to still have four babies and be able to, you know, he has his job and I have my passions thing career as well. So that's, I would say, kind of my my two two important things. I know that was kind of long. I'm sorry. I always ramble.
0: <laughs> no, Erica, that was so good. I mean, I have so much respect for how you and Nate, first of all, how you guys parent is phenomenal and how you do it together is amazing. But also for understanding that your kids will have a life someday and it will include you, but it won't include you in the way that you're wiping their snotty noses, right? So you have to figure <laughs> yeah, exactly. out how how to love each other through all of that and how to really take time to make your marriage a priority now so that it will remain unchanged as far as, you know, like falling out of love or like rooting your entire marriage into solely your kids. And then when they're, when they're gone, it's like, well, now what? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I just, I, yeah, I I mean, I, I feel like I stress that a lot, um, you know, even on my, my social media platform, but, you know, one of the things I think we hear a lot of people in our culture say is, well, I'm just not in love with them anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so heartbreaking to me because, you know, marriage is not just a butterfly feeling in your stomach of being in love. It's a commitment. And, you know, it's not something that you just can flippantly say, I don't feel like I'm in love with them. So you know, I'm just going to move on. And I, I just think that that's so unfortunate. I think, um, you know, marriage sometimes isn't taken so seriously in, in our world and culture sometimes. And it's like, yeah, like you're living with a person every single day. Do you think that you really feel like you're going to be in love with them every second of every day and feel like you have those, you know, fluttery butterfly feelings of first being in love? Like probably not, but you know, our marriage and our love for each other has grown and has changed. It's not the same that it was when we first got together. And I'm okay with that. That means that we've grown and, um, you know, your your love is going to look differently and present and, and act differently, you know, than it was when you were dating. And so I think remembering that it's not just about like, oh, I'm in love or I feel in love. It's about being with the person and being committed and and holding to that even through the times where you feel like, you know, you're frustrated with each other. So... Uh, anyway that's that's my more than two cents that was like my whole like ten dollars (laughs) so anyway (laughs) that was a lot (laughs) oh my gosh anyway so Steph tell us a little about you and Colin I mean kind of what what has worked for you guys what have been maybe some things in your marriage that you feel like you've had to overcome or you've had to work through that now you look back and be like wow like I'm excited that we pushed ourselves to do that
0: Mm, Those are really, really solid questions. Um, Okay, first, I think I want to start with the understanding of learning to live independently together. So Colin and I, well, let me rewind when I was in high school and was like trying to work through relationships and so forth, my dad sat me down and drew on a piece of paper. He drew a rectangle and then he drew, he drew two separate rectangles and then inside rectangle number one, he drew two overlapping circles. And then inside of rectangle number two, he drew two circles separately. They were not touching. And he said that the rectangles represent the relationship and the two circles represent the people inside the relationship when the two people overlap so codependently that they feel that they can't breathe or function or operate without the other person is when a relationship can become toxic, but when they can live and exist in a relationship together independently, they can flourish. Basically was kind of the gist. And at the time I didn't really understand what that meant, but now as a wife and somebody that's been married for a couple of years, I can kind of understand what he was trying to tell me. And I think for Colin and I, it's really important that you know, anything could happen at any point in time. Colin's dad died when he was 10 years old. And we always kind of have that in the back of our minds. Like this sounds so morbid and so awful. And I, I would be lost for a a while without Colin. I mean, guys, he makes my dinner. Like I, I would eat rice and freaking chicken noodles. Like, because I wouldn't know how to make anything else. Right. But like, I have learned that I, I, I would be able to get through life and not, you know, and be okay to be able to move forward in some capacity. And I think that you have to figure out how to do that. And you have to figure out how to live independently, even within your hobbies. So aside from like the morbid example that I just gave you of death, which is so awful, but it, you, know, you just never know what can happen. Right. So right. Yes. I think it's important for you each to have something that you truly love within your relationship that you can do on your own, but you can support each other in doing it. So Colin for Colin, that is, generally something related to cars or related to hiking or something outdoorsy and recreational. So he enjoys working on cars. He enjoys going to races. He, you know, all of all of those types of things that embody that. And I really enjoy fashion and travel. So for me, those two can mix like New York Fashion Week, for example, um, or they mm-hmm. can be, you know, shooting on the weekend and creating content Or they can be me traveling with my brother to Europe and so forth. So you have to be okay to let each other have your own experiences. So that also just so that you have something to talk about, right? That like makes you a little bit different. Because if you experience literally every single thing together, I mean, you can talk about those experiences, but it's really nice to have your own, your own thing and supporting each other in that. So Colin is okay if I want to go travel somewhere by myself or with a group of friends or whatever that might look like and I'm okay if he wants to go to a race with his friends and I think for a long time I really tried to control what Colin was doing and that was like me not understanding that things weren't always going to be my way this is like way back when our relationship first started but Colin does not deal well with that. Like he needs his independence and he needs to be able to do his own thing. So I think for him, it's just important to feel that flexibility. And in a relationship in general, if somebody is the dominant, like controlling, controlling every move you make, that's not healthy. The reality of that is that it's just not healthy. It's good for you guys. If you need to come together and decide how you're going to spend your money or how you're going to do this, that and the other, or you make a decision together, that's great and fine. But it needs to be that. It needs to be something that you've decided on together, not, no, you can't do this. And here's why. And more, no, you're not, you know, whatever that might look like. And every relationship's different. But that's what we have figured out works best for us And just allowing each other to live our own lives. So I would say that's probably one of the big things. The next big thing is money. And I, <laughs> listen, have never, I never growing up had to have a budget and everything was fine until... I got to high school and things shifted for our family, but I don't fully understand the concept of budgeting and finances and so forth. Um, So that has been a huge obstacle in our marriage. And I brought debt into our marriage with student loans and with credit cards, which was a huge mistake on my part. Um, So I think that Colin's patience and working through those elements with me has been really helpful, but money can rip people apart. So I highly encourage newlyweds or even really at any point in your marriage, if you feel like you're struggling with money, make a budget that both of you agree on that feels okay for both of you so that you have flexibility to go buy that new shirt or for Colin to go to the movies with friends if he wants to or whatever that might look like. But I think having a budget is really important and understanding that if you combine your finances, they are yours together and respecting each other's boundaries when it comes to that. And I I am not perfect at this. It takes work every day for me. And there are times where I still splurge in ways that I shouldn't. Um, Although now that I like make money from my own business, things are a little bit different. But um, yeah, I think, I think that that's, that can be a huge, huge, huge obstacle for people, especially if you're combining things or splitting rent or house payments or whatever that might look like. I know money is like a such a touchy subject for people. And it, I wish that it wasn't because I think it's one of those things that if our society talked about it a little bit more, maybe we'd all be a little bit better at it and there would be less debt.
1: I don't know. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, I agree. Money is like a huge money and family. They say are always like huge stressors on marriage. And I remember when, you know, when Nate and I first got married, we were young and, um, he was a shift manager at Starbucks at the time. And I was, um, working at Merle Norman, you know, in the retail world. And so we, you know, we didn't have a ton of money and that was fine. Like we didn't need a ton of money to be happy and to be married. Um, and we had, you know, just a little one bedroom apartment and I remember, I mean, this has been, let's see, we got married in May. So it was in the summer. So like, you know, we'd only been married a few months and I saw this bag that I wanted. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like I, I live on my own. So I was used to just like buying If I saw something that I wanted, I bought it, and, you know, whatever. So I remember I bought this bag and I was like, cool. Like, this is so cute. And, um, Nate is one that, He which is is good. Um, but he studied stocks their bank account like a crazy person and I had didn't even make it home and he had called me and was like, What did you just buy? And I remember being so like, I just bought a bag. I liked it. I thought it was cute and I bought it. And he's like, Well, what you didn't know was that we had a bill coming out today and now you just overdrafted our account, you know, and it was like I I had no ideas and of course I felt terrible and you know so it was just those things of like you are taking two people and two people's lives and putting them together and you know I just was being selfish and like whatever if this is what I want I want to buy it and as you are open and you communicate about those things and you know what you can spend what you can't spend and you guys get on the same page now we're at a point where it's like we're definitely not great we're 10 years later. And so we've had a lot of like, (laughs) a lot of practice and, you know, communicating about what those expectations look like and how we spend our money and where we spend our money. And, you know, we not now, we don't really have as many issues with that now, but there were, there were some times where, you know, we had some fight and words about, about how we spend our money a little bit and when we could spend it and when we couldn't. So the more open and upfront and communicate about those things at the beginning, it will make your life so much easier as you go along as opposed to like fighting it for a long time. Because I think the longer you go and the longer you harbor things, then the worse it gets later on. So if you can address those things at the beginning, it will definitely make things, make things smoother um, as you go. So,
0: yeah, one hundred percent. And Colin is like the most laid back person ever, but when it comes to our finances and the future of our family and what that looks like for us, it's just important to make sure that you guys are <laughs> kind of somewhat on the same page. I mean, don't get me wrong, Colin has like notifications on our credit card if uh, somebody spends over a hundred dollars or our bank account. It's like. Yeah. It's not- them. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess that's good. Like it should be that way. So we've kind of come to a mutual agreement in our marriage that if we are going to spend our money that we have combined together, that we, you know, all of our money is pooled together. Right. But trendy and Indy obviously is a business now. So there are business expenses and other things associated with that, right? that it's money that I'm making and whatever. So he feels a little differently about that, but if it's going to come from our bank account, if it's over $150, we consult each other about it. And just are like, Hey, I want this. Here's why, you know, where are we at this month? Is that okay? Is it not okay? Can it be okay? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> so that's, what, that's what we have found works for us from the money, from the money side of things.
1: Yeah. And that's great. Obviously you guys both talked about it. And I think that is what's key is to communicate with each other. And I know I think people say that all the time, but it's just, it could not be more important if you don't talk about it and you just, keep it in, it's just bound to explode at some point. So yeah, getting on the same page with those, with those life decisions makes a huge difference. And um, one more thing, I think speaking to like, you know, family is, you know, and it's hard because we were both so blessed with great families and we're super close to both of our families and um, we're so thankful for that. But sometimes you have to think too, like we are our own family unit now. And so we still at the end of the day have to do what's best for our own family unit for each other, for our kiddos. Um, and you have to make your decisions based on that and not based on what's going to make everybody else happy. And that is hard. It is hard, 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 hard. And I think that's even been harder, you know, cause you want to make everybody happy and you want your whole family to feel loved and, you know, but you do have to like step back to sometimes and think, okay, like what's best for our family unit. And, you know, so I think that's another thing you have to, you have to remember is to always put your own little family unit above anything else. So, I, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with
0: you. Even us just being just the two of us right now, we we have to make decisions based on what's going to be best for us and for our future. And we love our family and we love our friends and everybody that loves us in our lives. We're so grateful for, but we have to make choices that are best for our marriage and our relationship and what that's going to yep. look like in the future. Yep. The other thing I wanted to chat about too was, Um, the idea of support and supporting each other, but also respecting boundaries. So for the last year, for, well, really actually since like maybe the end of 2017, Colin has been shooting for Trinity and Indy and has been helping me create content. And I sometimes dominate his weekend time and he kind of got irritated about it maybe last fall. So maybe fall of 2018 And I was like, what is your deal? Like, why are you so irritated? And he was like, you told me yesterday that we needed to shoot all of this stuff. And you knew about it before that. And I know you knew about it because all these packages came to the house. But then you just expect me to not have any plans and drop everything I'm doing and go out and shoot all of this stuff with you. And I'm not really making anything from it. And I was like, oh, okay. Hi, reality check. And, and it's true. Like he has just, he sacrifices his time in order to help me grow because he believes in it and he supports me and I'm so grateful for that. But um, I think you have to have boundaries if you are working with each other and there are so many couples out there that are working together within one business. So I think it's so important for you to determine what your boundaries are and what works for you. So for example, with this in relation to photo shoots, Colin has asked for like a three-day notice. He's like, if we need to shoot, I need I want three days. Like give me three days notice so that I can prepare and like I'm I'm ready to go. Um, so that's what's worked for us, but also shutting my laptop at nine PM. Or those types of things and really separating like work and life. So I think that's important for any couple that's trying to work together in some capacity.
1: Yep. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. It is hard, you know, when you're when you're doing work work together because you're always together. And so it's like you can slowly kind of overtake your life before you know it, it's like, okay are we just only working together or are we actually having a marriage together as well? Or is it just like business, you know, so you do, you definitely have to set up those boundaries to protect, you know, to protect your relationship and protect your marriage. So no, that's, that's so important. I totally agree with that.
0: And finding something that you guys really like to do together. So Colin and I, Colin kind of started the whole hiking thing. I've always, I've always enjoyed hiking. It's never been like, yeah, let's go hiking. But now it's something that we do together and we, love it that's like our time of just not having our phones out and wandering and finding new adventure in the woods or on the mountains or wherever that might be and finding something like that that you can share together that's kind of your like special thing and so for us yep. we've kind of been hiking which has been really fun
1: I love that it is so important though to find to find those things that you obviously both enjoy alone, but then something that also you guys can do together because I just feel like it connects you. And so whatever that looks like, I mean, Nate and I love to watch college basketball. So for us, we love to go to the final four together. Like that's something that we try to do, you know, every year if we can, it doesn't always happen, but you know, there's, or just taking a trip together or, you know, we, you have to find those like, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy and elaborate. It can be as simple as like, We like this one show that we always want to watch together or we like this book that we both want to read and talk, you know, whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be something crazy, you know, just something that you both can have together that kind of brings you together, um, you know, something that you can both do. So I agree. Very important as well.
0: At the end of the day, I think marriage is just, it's hard. It's one of the hardest things in life to figure out how to live with someone and love them and all of their quote unquote flaws that you may feel are flaws or, you know, all of their unique quirks that they come with, right? And I think that yeah. you have to figure out how to navigate that space, especially when you're you you get married and then you're buying a house or you're changing jobs or you're having babies or whatever that looks like. And you've got to be able to figure out how those things are going to work together and how you can love each other through it all. And I think communication is like huge. You
1: kind of hit that nail on the head earlier. Yep. Yep. It definitely, definitely makes a big, a big difference. So yeah, I mean, it is hard. Marriage is, is I think one of the hardest, but I think it is the hardest relationship. You're always together. You're doing life together. You're making decisions together and it's a commitment and sometimes it's hard, but it's also so beautiful and so rewarding and something that I wouldn't trade for anything. So it's going to take hard work, but I think anything that's worth having takes hard work. And I think you just have to Sometimes you have to be okay with setting your pride aside. And I think that's a hard thing too. Pride can be a huge issue in marriage and being able to set that aside and apologize, need to apologize or, you know, um, step down and just like, you know, just use an argument if that means putting your pride aside for a second, not feeling like you have to have the last word or that you have to be right. And, um, I think once you can kind of do that and the other spouse can see that, um, I I don't know. It's like, I feel like it feeds off of each other, you know, then the next time if you're in an argument, it's like, okay, yeah, like maybe, it's maybe I should be the one to kind of step aside and let my pride go. And I, I just think it's, um, it's so important to remember, to remember that as well, because pride can be, I think a huge, a huge thing in any relationship, but I think especially in marriages, because who doesn't want to be right? You know, who doesn't want to have the last word, (laughs) but you have to think like, is this worth, is this argument or whatever we're dealing with worth my me being right? Or is the whole in game and the whole big picture of our marriage more important than what I am trying to fight over right now? So anyway, that was kind of a lot in there, but I do think it was good. Um, I love, I love being able to talk about our, our hubbies because they are such a great support system. And I'm so thankful for thankful for Nate and, and being the great hubby and great daddy that he is. And obviously watching you and Colin and you guys grow and, Watching your relationship and what a great hubby he is, and he takes great care of you, and you being such a great cheerleader for him. So, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I definitely just, can't so, imagine,
0: yeah. can't imagine life without him. And I'm, I, I mean, they are, they are so, it's, it's so important to kind of praise them and make sure that they feel heard and that they are appreciated because they're they're rock stars. They're
1: just awesome. So yeah. really, really grateful. Yep, they work hard. They Support, you know, they support your family. And, um, I think wh- one more thing, guys, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep going and we're going to be here. So good. well, I just think like, um, sometimes, and this is just going to be me being honest. And I think sometimes when, if you're a stay at home mom or you have kids, and even if you're not a stay at home mom and you're a career mom and you've got kiddos, and I think sometimes I'm like, ah, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing homework and I'm doing lunches and, you know, I'm doing all these things, blah, 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 blah. Nate's at work. And then I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, like, do you hear yourself right now? Like Nate is, yes, Nate is at work and he's providing for your family. He takes care of all of our finances. I don't look or even know what's happening most of the time with our finances unless we talk about it and he tells me what's going on. He takes care of all of that, which I think is a huge stressor. He takes care of all of that for us. I mean, he comes home, he does laundry, He cooks. I hardly ever do dinner. He's the one who does dinner because he's way better at it than I am. Um, If we do vacations, he plans things. And so sometimes I think you get caught up in the day-to-day and feeling like, oh, well, I do all of this and, you know, I don't feel appreciated. And I think, well, like, Nate's doing all of this? Does he feel appreciated? Like, am, am I thanking him for all of the things that he does for our family? Um, and so sometimes I think you just kind of get used to your roles and what each other does. And sometimes I think you just kind of take it for granted. And so I think it's good to kind of stop and think about like everything that your spouse does. And even if it's a tiny thing, like Nate in the morning before he leaves for work, he gets my coffee pod in the Keurig, gets my cup out and puts a spoon in there for my cream. Like every single morning he has that ready. And it's like so small, but the fact that like he takes the time to do that and thinks about it every morning is like, I mean, it's just, it's like our thing. It's so sweet and I love it. And I think we get so used to what you do in your daily routine that sometimes you forget to appreciate some of those small things that, um, you know, that your spouse does for you. So I think keeping that in mind too, appreciate the tiny things. And when you start to feel like you're not appreciated, Make sure that you're taking the time to appreciate your spouse as well. So. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, now I'm for real done.
0: No, that's <laughs> that was great. I'm so glad that you added that on because I I can do the same thing. I and we don't even have kids, but I'll be like well, I'm working and I'm trying to grow this business and I'm doing the laundry and I clean the bathroom. And and it's like, whoa, (laughs) when did marriage become a tally system? Like there is no such thing. Like, and Colin, bless his heart, he will take out the trash and make dinner and clean up dinner and do the laundry if it needs to be done and start the, and, and clean the bathroom and whatever needs to be done, he'll just do it. And he doesn't ever ask for, you know, feedback or whatever, even though I, I try to all be like, thanks so much for doing that. Or thanks for emptying the dishwasher or whatever, but he just like does things and doesn't complain about it. So he's really great in showing me that like our marriage isn't about, it's not like a checks and balances system. It's just about, you know, working and helping and supporting and loving one another at the end of the day. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That was a lot. Hopefully everyone is really excited about all
1: of our marriage (laughs) advice and all of the things. If you even made it this far with us, hopefully you're still tuned in at this point, but (laughs) because wow,
0: it was a lot, but I think it's so good. And I think that marriage is one of those things that like, again, it's just not talked about all that much, except maybe like among friends. And I think it's just important to be real that like man, we all have times of challenge in our marriage and we struggle and we are, like you said earlier, we are imperfect beings trying to live together. So yep. it's, it's important conversations to have and knowing that you have people in your court and that we all, at the end of the day, pretty much feel the same and <laughs> experience similar challenges.
1: Yep, 100%.
0: So, yay. Well, cheers okay. to love and marriage, you guys. Thanks for tuning in again with us. Know someone who should be a guest on the show? Head to Indie Wine Chats to fill out our contact form, and you can also check out today's show notes and resources we want you to have. We'll see you next week, Wine Chatters. Cheers.